Here's what I love about First Priority. It is evangelistic and it's only about Jesus. It's not about our local churches. I mean, our local churches matter, but it's not about one denomination. It's not about one church. It's about King Jesus. I love that aspect of it. The other thing is, is it's doctrinally neutral. If they believe that Jesus is King and He sits at the right hand of the Father, guess what? We'll partner with that church. We are a club on campus that has taken our Christian students as leaders in these different churches that gather on the same campus, getting together and praying and teaching them, how do you reach the rest of the school? Working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling. Hello everybody, welcome to the First Priority Podcast. It is great that you're here and also great that we are on Zoom today because Steve is out of town. We gotta keep welcome going. Welcome back. Welcome hey, back, Steve. welcome back, welcome back. Mm-hmm. If I could actually sing, it would be fun when I do little things like that. I mean, you do live in Nashville. Yeah. You could do hip hop for us, I hear. But then it would be sang. If I was going to claim Nashville, it would be if I could sang. But you're a hip hop artist, not a country music artist. I'm a hip hopper. You got it, buddy. Mm hmm. You want to throw down some beats for us? I do not at the moment. I didn't do beats, I did lyrics. So let's keep on moving there, Bradley. Good try. Hey, you keep that part of your life very private. So I have a set of your music. So it's not private. It's not private to my friends. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> wow. I was digging and you just throw it right back. I appreciate it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Brad, we've got a we got a lot going. We got a lot going on across the nation with first priority. What what are you hearing? Uh, hearing a lot of good things. Um, among the districts, we just did all of our quarterlies uh, last week, um, September, end of September, beginning of October. Um, it's a good push. Everybody's focusing on fundraising and clubs, right? Finishing up, launching clubs from this fall. Um, see what the poll happens. There's a few stragglers. Everybody's doing that. Uh, but then they're also looking at the year-end push. How many monthly donors can we get in and yeah. Most of them, all but one of the districts, are doing an event. I know a lot of the chapters are doing the same. Um, South Florida just had their auction last yeah. uh, weekend. Um, Sandy's got a big banquet coming up in November. Mississippi's got one coming. Arcotex has got one coming. You're exactly right. Arcotex already had theirs. Oh, did it? It already happened. My apologies. It happened. Yeah, yeah. They they raised a good chunk of money over up in the So. Yeah, it's a, it's a good season, and the numbers are starting to come in. Like, you know, Fort Worth had 15 kids come to know Jesus. Um, we're seeing salvations. The first invite weeks are happening for those who, who started the beginning of September. So I know a lot of clubs are getting started the last, you know, with see with the poll also, depending on where you are. So it's, uh, it's happening. Tis the season. Nashville's had 12 reported kids so far. That's our reported. We haven't gotten all our reports in from September, but 12 is cool. Hey, Super we'll take, excited. We'll take it. That's right. Yep. Hey, you, uh, you heard, did you see online Debbie Debbie and her team down in Birmingham doing their thing uh, with Leader Summit again this year? Did you see all the pictures of that? It looked incredible. It was incredible as always. Uh, it's crazy. Awesome. They get a uh, teacher and five students per club, get out for a field trip for the day. And when yeah. you've got, 90 plus clubs that's a lot of students back in a building um doing some leadership training talking about epic and just leadership in general they do more than just epic when they got a whole day like that but that's pretty sweet yeah love it 
Well, yep. speaking of leadership, there was some new leadership going on, which is how we got to this podcast. Set us up a little bit. So, yeah, we got uh, Shane and Natalie Kenny from Permian Basin, Texas. Uh, they were at the fundraising lunch that we did in San Antonio, Texas, a few Mondays ago. And uh, they shared the mission vision of First Priority um, for the San Antonio people that were in the room. There were a mix of church leaders, business leaders, um, just trying to catch the vision for San Antonio, launching the 182 schools there. Um, and Shane and Natalie, we've had them on before even recently, as recently as May. Um, but this was unique. They they talked um, the big picture of First Priority, but then they told their stories in a way that I haven't even heard before. Um, and I've heard mm -hmm. them tell their story a lot. So that'd be good just to get them on the podcasts, uh, share that moment with our listening audience, uh, just to, to get to know them better. Um, for those coming to the fall conference, you get to, to see them at the fall conference again, and uh, it should be a good time. Great. Well, let's jump in. I can't wait to hear it. Sounds good. I'm grateful for you for you being in here and know that you've been prayed for for a long time. As we were having conversations and we were talking about what does this look like in San Antonio? I know what First Friday looks like. I know what successful First Friday looks like, and it can happen here. So I'm grateful for you being in here. Uh, we have several key people. Um, we have some board members. Kevin is a board member on the national board member. Carrie Brown is the president of our national board. Uh, we have some First Priority staff nationally that are here. Um, I have my wife here who uh, is on staff with me at First Priority Permian Basin. Uh, actually, next week, we celebrate 30 years of marriage. So I'm excited about that, yeah. And so what do we do for our anniversary? We came down to San Antonio to share about the coolest thing ever. Um, here's what I know. First Priority works. Uh, I've told my board, I've said this in front of Kevin, I, I said this in front of everybody, if there was anything that was reaching more people for Jesus, I would put in my two-week notice here and I would go do that. There's not. I've been doing this for, for 30 years in ministry, and so 13 years ago when a guy says, hey, what would you think about First Priority? I said, you're right, I've never heard of it. What, is, what, what are you talking about? And then when he shared it with me, uh, and it wasn't even face to face. It was on the phone. And he was sick, so I couldn't hardly hear him. And I'm saying, hey, hold on a second. Now, this makes sense to me. I like numbers. I like data. I love people that love Jesus. And so we can connect. And so when he started telling me about ministry on the campuses, I'm like, um, what's the catch? There's always a catch. If it's something that good, he said, there's no catch. I mean, it's just you got to find people. you got to network people. you got to tell the stories, and students lead it. And I'm like, man, i got to see this thing happen. So I go down to Plant High School in Tampa. They're a championship football team down there at their high school. And I went and watched this one club, and this sold me for the rest of my life. I watched this guy just strumming on a guitar and a girl uh, singing. She shares her testimony. And then this youth pastor comes up afterwards. He was a campus coach. And he comes up and he says, uh, yeah, her life's never going to be the same because of this decision she made to follow Jesus. And if you want to do that and don't know how, here's how you can do that. It's an entry point to a relationship with Jesus. We watched that happen three lunches right in a row. And afterwards, the adults stuck around, and we, they go through the response cards. And 42 students gave their life to Christ on the campus during lunch. I left there, and I'm like, I'm a wreck. Like, one, I'm a crybaby. But two, um, why are we not doing this everywhere in America? So then I get a call. It was about a year later. I get a call from some business guys uh, from Odessa, Texas. And they said, hey, what would you think about moving to Odessa, Texas? I said, no, thank you. Not even a hard decision. Nope, not even. Odessa Midland is Carrie's backyard, so now we can share some stories. But then nothing made sense. I owned a roofing company in Florida. My family's in Florida. We lived there, raised our daughters for 20 years in Florida. 
Um, Natalie's parents moved down three years before that to spend the second half of their life with us. No way was I going to mess that up until I flew to Odessa, Texas. We went there and we uh, met people for 48 hours and we were just sharing what First Priority should look like, which is similar to what I'm doing here. And, uh, and people are just like, um, yeah, we got to have this. Like, this has got to happen here. I had two youth pastors. Uh, I was asking about Odessa High School. There's two big high schools there, Permian and Odessa, Friday Night Lights, big deal, right? All the people were all Permian, Permian, Permian. And I asked these two youth pastors, I said, who's reaching the kids in the other school? That's what, they're, that's what they are, the other school. And they said, nobody. And I said, what do you mean? He said, they're unreachable. Broke my heart, and I kind of want to hit him in his forehead, but I didn't. But I thought, who are you to say anybody's unreachable? Like, why is this the thing? He said, well, there's a lot of Hispanics and there's a lot of Catholics and they just don't. I said, but your church is two blocks from the school. Why are you going all the way across town to reach them when you could be right here? So anyway, next day, my wife and I sat on the steps of Odessa High School and we cried a lot and we prayed a lot and we get back on the plane and we just didn't talk until we were circling the, the water. And it's like, how are we supposed to tell our family we're gonna end up in, in Odessa, Texas? Sold the roofing company, sold every car we had except one because we had to drive here. And uh, three weeks later, we were sitting on a driveway in Odessa, Texas. To me, that is, I believed in it so much. And when I was stepping out on faith, I jumped out on faith and said, God, you got this regardless of what that looks like. So here's what I'm hoping today. One is that we're going to share about the ministry of First Priority. And when you leave here, if you've got questions we want to follow up, but I want you aware. I want you to make an informed decision because this can happen in San Antonio. So I want you very clear on what First Priority is and how you can be involved. The second thing is how, pray how you can partner with us. We're going to talk through that a little bit. And then the third thing, who's not in the room that needs to hear about this? Because I've heard you guys come through when, when I meet you and it's like, man, this guy's got to be here. I hope this guy's here. Who needs to hear this story? Because you know people that we don't. And they say some of the best relationships that get involved with First Priority, sometimes there's six and seven relationships deep. Well, man, Randy told me about this guy, and this guy knew this guy, and all the way down here, and all of a sudden, you've got the right people in the room. Today, I think the right people are in the room. So that's my goal by the end of this. Uh, First Priority is a student-led faith-based club on campus. This happens during school, during non-curricular hours. So for most of ours, except for three clubs, they are during lunch. Uh, I'm, I want to be effective with my time, and if we're at lunch, we're not missing bus kids. We're not missing the athletes that have to uh, go off to whatever before and after school. We got the maximum, and I'll tell you some more numbers about that. It's students gathering to learn and share about their faith. It's learning, and let me tell you this, Kevin, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I never once got invited to church, youth group, VBS, camp, nothing. Lock in? Nope. Sixth through twelfth grade, never got invited. I knew Jesus was there. I mean, I knew that he, I knew God. I mean, I believed all of that. And I didn't realize until I was 26 that there's a big difference in realizing that there is a guy up there and where he, and, and being in here. Big, big difference. So when I was 26, I realized, come to the realization, and again, I broke down because I'm a crybaby, but it's like, God, I've wasted 26 years of my life. Why don't I remember the single most important thing that should have happened in my life? That night, I said, God, I won't waste another day. And I'm not. Then God started opening up opportunities to do ministry, which was the furthest of what I wanted to do in life. I didn't, want, I didn't even like teenagers when I was one. But then when I come back from the Gulf War, things started to change. Uh, I served in the Marine Corps for eight years. And when I got out of the Gulf War, I moved to Florida. Uh, my wife and I got married shortly thereafter. And we started going back to church. And this was when I realized that, man, I'm not doing anything for the kingdom. Nothing. Everything I've done for 26 years is for me. I wanted to be the best in the room, the fastest, smartest, all of that, but it had nothing to do with anybody else or God. He was no part of my decision-making. So that night I said, nope, I'm all yours. Uh, here's a couple things that I really like about First Priority that I think sets us apart. 
there's a lot of great organizations and there's a lot, there's feeding programs and there's shoe, you know, get kids shoes. I mean, there's a lot of great programs. Here's what I love about First Priority. It is evangelistic and it's only about Jesus. It's not about our local churches. I mean, our local churches matter, but it's not about one denomination. It's not about one church. It's about King Jesus. That's it. I love that aspect of it. The other thing is, is it's doctrinally neutral. If they believe that Jesus is king and he sits at the right hand of the Father, guess what? We'll partner with that church. We partner with a lot of denominations. But here's the entry point. It's only an entry point to Jesus. And as hard as this is for me to say, I love evangelism and discipleship. We're not a discipleship program. We're not a church youth group alternative. We are a club on campus that has taken our Christian students as leaders in these different churches that gather on the same campus, getting together and praying and teaching them, how do you reach the rest of the school? That's what first priority is. Uh, here's, here's what blows me away. It's not hard to see that our nation is in crisis. I mean, there's lots of, you know, whether you want to go down a political avenue, a financial avenue, homelessness. I mean, there's so many things. But let me tell you this. Our issue is, is a sin problem from the beginning. It's a sin problem. And uh, like I said, I like numbers and data. But when I, when I hear things like that less than 10% of all teenagers that attend the public schools have a relationship with Jesus or have a church home, um, I don't know how you look at that, but I look at the other side and says that means that more than 90% are lost. Let me just make it clear, that's the largest mission field in America. At the public schools, let me use Permian, uh, just Permian or Odessa. Let me tell you, there's over 4,000 students at those high schools. That means that, let's just round it off, that means 400 kids out of a school of 4,000 know who Jesus is or belong to a local youth group. That means 3,600 aren't. So we have to trade those 400 up and say, hey, let's go reach them. Let's go reach them. We just had our first club this week uh, for this school year at Odessa High School. My wife leads that one. And there was 123 students that came to that club for the very first week. We're going to reach them all. We're going to. We believe it. The 90% is lost. So our spiritual solution is this. Uh, like Randy said, 85% of the people that give their life to Christ do it before they turn 18. We know this. Teenagers are the number one influence on another teenager. So you pick anybody in the room and they think, man, I could go be the best speaker. Man, people have me coming in from everywhere, but no matter how good we think we can do it, another teenager sharing Jesus with their friend is more impactful than we can ever be. Teenagers are the number one influence. It didn't used to be like that. My parents used to be my biggest influence. My Sunday school teachers or youth group, or not mine because I didn't go, but for Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, they were up there. And then your teacher at school was like number three, but it's not like that. Now, if you take a look, our spiritual leaders from our churches, Randy, are like 18th, which means that there's 17 other areas of influence they will go to before they ever come to a church leader for advice. That's a problem. Our mission is this, to take the hope of Christ to every student in America. I don't know that it can be any simpler than that. Students are lost, 90% of them, right? We just said that. Taking the hope of Christ to every student. Our vision is here's how we get it done. Uh, Unite the local church to influence the schools with the gospel through student-led clubs. This is the other thing that I love about First Priority that separates us from anybody is that we don't exist without the local church. We don't have a camp that we're trying to gear them up to. We don't have a Tuesday night event that they're trying to come to some off-campus thing. We are on campus where it happens, and we have to have the churches involved because if not, then we don't have a place to plug them back into. I want students to plug back into naturally with their friends back into churches that are already thriving. I love that part. It's not territorial. It's not a First Baptist thing. It's not an Oak Hills thing. It's a Jesus thing. 
And so if a kid comes and he says, hey, man, I want, I want a relationship with Jesus, and we walk him through that, guess what? If Mary brought him to the club, guess what? Where does Mary go to church? Go to church with her. That's natural. She'd go, go where her friends goes. Or if a youth, or she invited somebody else and they don't have any church, guess what? We're going to plug them into with the adults and the church leaders. So the more the church leaders are involved on campus, the more, again, their youth group's going to grow. It, it, it sounds simple to me. The data sounds simple. Uh, it's more evident now than ever that we need godly influence in our schools. Uh, guys, these are our most prized possessions are our kids. Ours are homeschooled, so we had influence on that. But these kids that get to come and see, it never gets old when a student turns around and looks at me. 17-year-old girl last year at Odessa High School turns around and she says, Mr., this is the best news I've ever heard. You mean there's a guy, Jesus, not Jesus on my football team, but there's a guy named Jesus that died for my sins? Like, if this is so good a news, how come nobody's ever told me? I'm 17 years old nobody's ever told me that. That breaks my heart. So you know what we did about that? Just between Natalie and I? I don't know. We started elementary clubs so we can get them earlier. Um, here's our core values, man. This is the four legs. Let's go four-legged chair, Randy. Uh, our first one, gospel focus. It's about Jesus. That's it. We're not a feeding program. We're not trying to do anything else except share Jesus, teach them how to share Jesus with their peers. The second thing is the student-led. A lot of cool stuff out there, but when you see a student stand up, and we've witnessed this, coaches from the football team, head coaches are coming and say, man, I can't believe that they're able to do this, like on the school. Like, I didn't know that my students were Christians, one, but I didn't know that he would stand up in front of people and declare Jesus as a personal Savior. Student-led. Strategy-based. We have curriculum. Like, we have very pointed curriculum that leads in a way that students can lead well. We want to prepare them for success. So it's a four-week cycle. Boom, 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 boom. On one of those weeks, there's a very clear gospel presentation. It's pretty much, hey, here's what Jesus did, and here's how you can get involved in that. If you don't have a relationship with him, here's how. And there's a response card, and they're going to fill it out. And guess what? We're going to take those response cards. We're going to pray over them, and we're going to say, okay, man, let's get you plugged into a church. If you made a decision and, and checked that card, Miss Natalie's going to kneel beside you and say, man, I'm so excited about this decision. Tell me what this means to you. And so they're going to say, yeah, you know, I thought I did when I was young, but none of it made sense. But today, it makes sense to me. I want Jesus in my life. And so I'll say, are you saying that today? You're saying, I want Jesus in my heart. I'm going to live for him forever. That's exactly what I'm saying. Because I've never heard it, and that's great news, and this is what I want. And the last thing is local church engaged. Again, you're not going to find a club of ours that, is, that doesn't have local churches involved. We just did a training in the Permian Basin. And again, we're, to, we're on 42, 43 schools. Nothing like what Fort Worth or San Antonio can be. San Antonio is a lot, like 156 schools. Uh, but out of that little train, we had three days of training, and we had over 145 volunteers that showed up to be trained. One, out of that, there were 65 different churches that were represented at those three trainings. And only about 40 out of the 140 were youth pastors. We want to lean on our youth pastors, but guess what? There's some passionate grandmas in there, and there's some passionate pastors that show up. There are business leaders that say, hey, i got to come see this thing, and they show up and they serve pizza. So we're local church engaged. We don't exist without that. Um, we want to equip the most effective ministers. I was asking Carrie about this earlier. Look, how many of y'all are involved with oil and gas in some capacity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I put it in my car. That's all I know. I promise. We moved to Odessa. And uh, there was this smell in the air. And uh, my wife goes to her friend and she says, uh, what is that smell? And she said, honey, that's the smell of money. <laughs> and Natalie said, that stinks. Like, we didn't know if it was gas poisoning. We didn't know, do we, we inhale? Good thing the mask came out, right, a few years ago. But we didn't know what to expect. Well, 
we didn't realize what we were getting into when we moved here. Um, I, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on. This is why I know First Priority works. Ten years ago, we moved from Florida. We tracked to a Permian Basin, and we started on two clubs. Uh, we are now, and it's taken us 10 years to get there, but now we have branched out, hired the right staff, and we have uh, over 42 schools in nine different cities. Um, but here's the thing, in the Permian Basin, in our immediate Odessa Midland area, uh, the potential reach is 35,000 students, middle school and high school, 35,000. And if you like numbers, you're gonna love this stuff. Last year, every single week at First Priority Clubs, we had over 3,500 students coming to clubs. Some of them got so big where we had to say, hey guys, look, boys will meet this week, girls will meet next week because they just got 600 elementary or middle school kids in one gym. I don't know that it's that effective. So we split it and they are leading like crazy. So 3,500 students a week. That's 10% of all the student population in the Permian Basin are coming to clubs. Here's what happened. At the end of the year, we take a tally every month. I said we do a response card, we do a gospel presentation. Students have a chance to respond. At the end of the year, when we add that up, there were 2,325 kids that said yes to Jesus for the first time in Odessa and Midland. 2,325, that's, that's not just students that said yes to Jesus and their eternal destination changed that day. Families are going to church. They're going back home and saying, Mom, you are not going to believe what I learned today. Nine years ago, we were at Odessa High School, and this, I had this uh, evangelic big box telling about Jesus, and this girl came up, and she was holding the box, and she was telling the story. Well, she was watching, and little did I know that she was soaking it all in, right? Because you throw a bunch of stuff out there, and then you hope to see, hope it sticks. She went home and told her dad the entire Jesus story through this box. She didn't have the box. She just remembered all the story. And her dad said, that's it. We're going to church. We've got to do something about this. One more story from COVID. Um, there was a family that, uh, Bowie Middle School, rough middle school, let me just tell you that, uh, rough, rough middle school. And this little girl, little sixth grade girl, um, she remembered us before the COVID thing hit. And she remembered our leader, our leader's name was, his name was Randy as well. Um, but she remembered Randy and remembered what church he went to. And when COVID hit, she had never been involved in church. Her family had never been involved in church. And this little girl, uh, when, when COVID lifted and we were able to be on, back on the schools, she come to Randy and she said, Randy, I seen you Sunday, you did great. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she said, my family, my whole family has been sitting and watching you for months on Sundays online, was watching his church service because he built a connection with these students in this school. As soon as the churches opened up to be able to have services again, her family was there all the way across town, like it even on the same side of town, went all the way across town and that family is still serving in the children's ministry of that church. It works, so we're not just reaching students, we're reaching families. Fort Worth is something that, uh, the new district model, uh, so what we do is we come in like this, and uh, you share and share the vision, and people say, man, I want to get behind that, and we're going to launch this thing, and you know, when we get the resources, and we get the manpower, and then we launch clubs. Well, last year uh, was their very first full year, and they ended up uh, with just over 100 decisions in a brand new district. First priority works, y'all. We just got to have the right pieces to the puzzle. Uh, imagine if, uh, Imagine if 10%, like 10% is a number I can sit on and say, I know over 10% of all the population in Odessa and Midland are coming to clubs. What if 10% of San Antonio students were getting to come to clubs? That's 20, over 25,000 students every single week that will be talking about Jesus on their school campus. That's 25,000 families that would hear something about Jesus because their kid came home sharing their stories. That blows me away. Uh, in order for First Priority to be effective, we got five key networks, and not one is more important than the other one. All of them are crucial. Uh, our student network, that is, 
so, so important because if we don't have student leaders, we don't have clubs. We don't have leaders because guess what? As adults, we're not looking to come in and lead anything. We want to come by just like the coaches should be doing on the side of the football field, coming along and coaching and encouraging, helping them tweak their faith story, helping them just know that somebody's for them when they stand up with a microphone and they're sharing Jesus with their friends just so they know that they're not alone. Hey, we're for you. I believe in you. I know you're nervous. You got this. It might be standing beside a kid and he says, hey, I want to pray, but I don't know how. And you're teaching them how to pray. Hey, dear Jesus, dear Jesus. And they're repeating, they're teaching them. So that's our church leaders. Our students are, are important. Our church leaders, our parents. Look, you get a bunch of moms talking about something cool that's happening with their kids. The whole community knows. And I'm not saying because women talk more. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying they get excited about what their kids are excited about. And guess what? You get a mom's, I'm speaking at a mom's group. Guess what? I got a call a couple weeks ago. Lubbock wants the first priority. So I'm going and speaking with a mom's group uh, in two weeks in Lubbock. They talk about it. They talk about what's important to them and they talk about what's important to their kids. Um, also, faculty hosts, we have to have a school representation in every club. We have to have a faculty sponsor, which is kind of like our liaison between the school and us. This is important because if you have a week that's testing, they'll tell you, hey, we can't meet next week. We got testing. Also, here's what always happens. Um, when they tell their friends the first priority is coming, that room needs to be bigger. And so they find us a bigger room. Hey, you know what? We're going to have to be in the gym next week. Yes, yeah, awesome. Hey, we're going to take over the cafeteria and put the 12 kids that don't want to be there. We're going to put them somewhere else, but you could have the cafeteria. I don't encourage that, but I'm just saying they get us a bigger room. And then the last one is the business leaders. Uh, I love talking about the story of Nehemiah from the Bible, and I feel like it always comes back to this business leader model. Uh, it, Nehemiah had walked in, and man, his heart was really broken about the walls being broken down. Right? He's like, man, this is an issue. It really bothered him for some reason. For all of those years, it never bothered anybody else. They just got used to it. Yeah, them same old walls. They just look like they have been for years. Nehemiah had a burden for it. He prayed to God first, and then he went to the king and queen. He said, hey, guys, look, this is what's on my heart. And here's what the king and queen said. Uh, we're going to give you the manpower that you need. We're going to give you the resources. We're going to give you everything that you need to go rebuild the wall. And everybody took their spot. Everybody had a place on the wall. And let me tell you this, where we come in this story, I know my place on the wall. I know that wall represents brokenness in students and lostness. That's the wall for me. I know where my part is. My part on that wall to rebuild that is in the public schools. And I got a lot of people that say, man, I don't, I don't like teenagers. Well, do you like Jesus? I mean, uh, so some people were like, I'm so grateful that you go into the schools because guess what? I can't do that, but I can write a check. I, I, I got some volunteers or I got some people that I can connect you to, but... So whatever role that fills, everybody has a place on the wall. Um, we have a proven process, and here's what I like. Your placemats are the proven process, and this is you're a part of this right now, by the way, so everybody gets to play. But that first thing is identifying key influencers. So here's what happened. We identified a, key, a few key influencers here, and, uh, and so we, that's why we're here. You got some people that said, hey, I, I was invited by this guy. Hey, I was invited by this guy. Somebody else said, hey, I don't have any clue why I'm here. Good. So we locate the key, the key influencers. The second thing, we raise funds. That's what this is, too. When we get to the point, you'll hear more from Warren. When we get to the point where we have the funds, we can hire the directors, and we can start launching clubs. That's the next step. Hire and train district staff. Uh, build essential networks, those key networks that I talked about. And then we're going to train club leadership. And then we go into that four-week cycle. That's our process. We can't move down that line until we accomplish the one before it. So we've got some key influencers sitting in the room. We've got to raise the funds, and then we find the leadership and train them up. 
That's our proven process. Uh, I'm going to have Natalie. Uh, she's got a. She's going to come up and share her why. And then I'm going to close and introduce you to Warren, and we're going to close out because we want to be respectful of your time. Um, man, this. Yeah, serving alongside her. I realize we're a unique thing because we get to do this together, and uh, what a privilege and honor it is for her, for me, for her. I am so encouraged to see this room so full. Because I would like to say when Shane and I started in the Permian Basin, we had a room full like this. We didn't. But we just knew the call that God had placed on our hearts. And it didn't matter what the scenery looked like. Because so many people Googled where we lived. And uh, they were like, why would you move to West Texas? And it was like, you know what? To be out of the will of the Lord is a dangerous place. So we go. And then God creates community. And then he gets partners for us in the ministry. So I'm encouraged because when I was, as you guys were coming, I thought, oh my goodness, more people. Because that's more people that get to hear the story. But I'm going to share with you my why. And mine is so much different than Shane and Kevin's. And, and I'm grateful for it. But for years, I was afraid to tell it. Because I didn't feel like I had a story. I grew up in the local church. I had two God-fearing parents. Man, oh my. I'm the youngest of three. At the age of five, I began a relationship with Jesus. I heard what the pastor said, and he said that, you know, the Lord doesn't give you a spirit of fear, and I was a very fearful child. And I was like, well, I, then I want whatever he has to offer. I remember kneeling down beside my parents' bed and giving my life to the Lord at age of five. So I'm your church kid. I'm the kid you want in your youth group that showed up at the camps and did all those things. But here's where it changed for me. At the age of 17, September 23rd, my high school year, my senior year, homecoming week, I lose one of my closest friends in a car wreck. As tragic as it is that Susan Apcar died, and it's coming up, that anniversary, I know how close we are to that. What's more tragic is this, I didn't know how to share my faith. At this time, I'm 17 years old, I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm like, Kevin is right, I don't fault my parents for that. But I didn't know. I'm president of student council. I have a full ride for volleyball, none of these accolades are going to matter because I never shared who Jesus was with my friends. So here I find myself as a 17-year-old, homecoming week at a closed casket of one of my dearest friends. And I had a decision to make. So I knew at 17 that there wasn't going to be anyone that I didn't sit by or talk to that I didn't share Jesus with. I know that I'm going to answer for Susan Apgar because I, I'm the kid who had the relationship. I'm the one that should have invited Shane to church. Shane and I grew up at rival high schools. We met early on. He was a senior. I was a, a junior. Never dated, but yet we're married. Man, imagine that's a whole other story. <laughs> but this is what changed for me. I knew that if I could equip students with the tools that they needed to share their faith on campus, I believe we could change the culture of our school. I believe Susan Apgar would have heard about Jesus. So this is my why. Like this is what drives me every day. In this room, I'm the introvert. Like I'm sick to my stomach. I have to greet every single person and say their name. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because I knew that your name has a value. You have value. I want each one of you to feel seen and heard today. You might in your corporate area, but you need to know from somebody who loves the Lord that I see in you. Your name has value. But that wasn't what something I was taught so long ago. So this is what I do at a school where it's 86% Hispanic, and I do, not speak, I do not speak a lick of Spanish. 
But somehow I managed to have kids pack the room. Why? Because students know what love looks like. And while I know that you can't create passion, I believe this room can fund it. And I'm just passionate enough to see the hope of Christ in every student here. This is what I love to do. It's what I think about. And that's what's so important about this, is that we need to get someone that has that same passion here in San Antonio. That, we lose sleep over it. We do. And we were crazy enough for our area. Now, first part is the whole 6 through 12. So I'm just going to let you know, that, that is our model for First Part of America. Shane and, I, Shane and I were like, well, what if, what if we got them in kindergarten? Because, you know, the Lord gave us more than seven days. And so we've decided that we want it. We just want, you know, the more that know, the more that know. So it's just been such a privilege. But I just wanted you to hear, because I, I know so many people came at a younger age, and, and I'm, every time Shane ca- shares, I think, man, I'm the kid that should have invited him, but I didn't know I was supposed to. And I believe that here in Texas, we're in that culture, even where I am at. They're like, miss, there's a church on every corner. And here's the deal, folks. I don't believe that students are rejecting the gospel. I believe they've never heard it. They're not rejecting who Jesus is. It's Jesus on their football team. He wasn't kidding. I walked into the school and I saw Jesus sign 10 years ago to Odessa High. And I thought, oh, this is going to be so much fun. Noah's a football player. I'm thinking, they got Jesus all over this school. And they're like, no, miss. No, miss. That's not. No. No. So here I sit 10 years later at Odessa High football game, running the field with every single one of those kids because my desire is to reach all of them. And how am I going to do that? Because I'm going to equip the rest of the kids on the team to do it. I don't care if they're in the band, the chess team, if they're barely scraping by trying to raise a kid, or if they're the captain of the football team. That's where I love. There's no boundary here. We just simply want to reach students. So I'm that lady who sits beside them and coaches them and tells them, you can do this. I'll help you pray. I'll write it down. We're going to walk through this. To the point that now we go and we just circle around and we pick kids up. It takes us an hour and 25 minutes because someone said, Miss, I want to go with you. Okay, let's go church. And my prayer the whole way was church, let's be the church. Because I'm going to bring them. As much as I love first priority, I want you guys to hear this. I love the local church more. First priority runs for 30 weeks, the local church. 52. I need to, as Kevin shared, had we got that kid plugged in, how life would have been so much different for him. That's the way I feel about Shane. He would have served in the Gulf War knowing that he had a Savior and wasn't worried about death. And I had the answer, and I didn't tell. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to equip students here in San Antonio to share their faith. And our hope is that they all know. So... I'm glad, I'm glad to see a full room, and thank you so much for letting us share our heart. Well, Steve, as I said, it's always good. I mean, people who are called to do this, answer the call, um, to go where they didn't want to even. You hear, we've heard that story often of, of saying no to the, the business guy who, who invited them over to Permian Basin, no, to Odessa, Texas, but them getting there and, and being on the steps of the school, feeling the call of God. Um, yeah, him going back to his military background, um, and how he came to know Jesus. Um, it's just, it's just humbling. It's encouraging. It's relatable. And I think that's what I love most about Chan and Natalie. They're just so relatable.
Yeah, vision and mission attracts people. It catches their attention, catches their ear. Yep. Story captures people. And so when you put flesh on like they did so well, when you put flesh on the story and you begin to, you know, capture people's hearts with the opportunity ahead, I just, man, what, what an incredible way for them to tell the story. It was good. I agree. I agree. It's always, uh, yeah, it's always a lot of fun, especially when you're in the room and you get to, to give them a hug and all that kind of stuff. Uh, again, looking forward to fall conference, seeing a whole bunch of people here in a couple of weeks um, and, and just being a part of the movements and for all of us to be able to tell our stories to each other. It's going to be a good time. I think my last encouragement would be those of you who are doing these events coming up over the next six weeks or so, which is really kind of the calendar that we're looking at. Yeah. Those of you who are doing them across the country, I would, it would be very helpful to all of us if you had somebody in the room either just set up an iPhone and record it from a distance. Yeah. Or if you actually plugged in a drive and actually, you know, did the work to record it through the microphone that, that you are speaking at or your speaker speaking at. There's just there's so much to learn. And as as we've talked about before, Brad, vision, it leaks. Yep. And so it's good for our souls to have it, you know, just have it told another way. Yeah. Um, it just helps our our our, our toolkit, our toolbox, as we're working along this in our local areas. So I appreciate their perspective of it and definitely, definitely help my toolbox as well. I agree. I agree. Well, thanks for another great show, Steve. Thanks for not being nice to me at, earlier in the podcast. And <laughs> um, yeah, for everybody listening, uh, thank you for being a part of the First Party Movement, wherever you are, however you are involved in taking the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. Couldn't do it without you. And so we're thankful to be part of the First Party team. We are family. Rock and roll. Let's go. All right. Until next week. See you at conference.